Walmart is helping families access affordable goods and save on what matters most. With Walmart, families can save up to 75% off the cost of branded insulin, which adds up to more than $15 million saved across the country since June 2021. This is just one way Walmart is helping Americans save money on what matters most. Learn more at walmart.com slash better living. That's walmart.com slash better living. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to an episode of Around the Coin. Today's guest is Sergey Kuntz, the co-founder of One Inch Network. One Inch is a decentralized protocol that enables fast and lucrative protected transactions. They effectively aggregate liquidity pools and provide people with increased transparency and very low transaction fees. The company or the protocol has raised $175 million in Series B funding at a $2.25 billion valuation. We talked to Sergey. We talked about how he started the project, what they're trying to accomplish in the world. We touched on DeFi and CeFi, centralized and decentralized finance in crypto, and the implications of FTX's fallout recently. It was a dynamic conversation, and I really enjoyed hearing Sergey talk about the intricacies of how he started the business, how he's funded the business, and how he sees growth in the future. I think it's one of the more exciting projects that I've interviewed, and I'm very much rooting for them. The show today is sponsored by KickFurther, and KickFurther uses profits at an annualized 18.2%. So on KickFurther, you fund inventory for vetted products and brands whose credibility metrics you review before participating. So KickFurther is backed by investors, the same investors that are behind Tesla, Robinhood, Canva, Zoom, and they paid out nearly $100 million. You can participate with as little as $20, and KickFurther will give new users $10 in credits to get started. So check it out at kickfurther.com forward slash get 10 to claim your credit. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Sergey Kuntz. All right, Sergey, I'm excited to be chatting with you. I want to ask, start off by this question. So I heard you once asked if you were in an elevator and you got to be in the elevator with anyone and you could give them a pitch of the business, who would it be and what would the pitch be? And it was something along the lines of Elon Musk. And the pitch was, hey, trading on decentralized protocols is expensive and confusing. Check out invest and check out one inch, invest in one inch. Can you? Update that question. If you were to be in an elevator with anyone and you could give them the elevator pitch, who would it be and what would the pitch be? Sure, yeah. First of all, thank you for inviting. It's a pleasure to, to be here. Mm-hmm. If I would play in an elevator with Elon Musk, I would pitch them to or build. Anyone. Yeah, I would to, to pitch them to first to fly to, to, to the moon, not to, to, to the Mars. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. First to, to, to build a... Uh, 
kind of uh, station on the moon to learn and, and then iterate and go go further. Same we we have here in the different space we are building on one inch that in these small steps forward we can achieve huge changes in the traditional finances. And yeah, I would love to ask him to not push Dutchcoin <laughs> because like just a just a fork of Bitcoin, which actually makes no sense. It's just a like fun meme coin. And maybe it makes sense to concentrate on a great technology like Ethereum, which just changed change right now the uh, traditional fi finances from open view. I guess that, that's what I would like to say to him. Um, mm -hmm. he, he's a really great guy. I have seen the last uh, documentary about SpaceX. It's, it's really crazy what they achieved in the last years with a couple of startups. But somehow he doesn't show up there. Yeah, kind of to, to being smart in cryptocurrencies and, and blockchain technologies and pushing some shit coins on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Well, my thought would be that he just doesn't care. It's not a focus of his and it's entertainment. And frankly, it is entertainment for most people. I mean, who are all the people that participated in Board Ape? All the people who bought NFTs of, 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 you know, it's like, what is that really? It's entertaining. I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah. One of the vibe, yeah. <laughs> How so did you come out on the NFC? So now we're recording November 17th. The market's been down for a minute. How is your NFT reflecting back your NFT strategy? What do you, what do you make of the, both personally and then what do you make of the, the whole market? So I actually didn't invest in NFTs at all. I, I wanted to, to come to a party and I heard that board app NFT would help that I can come to this party. And, but it was wrong. The information was wrong, but I bought it already. So, and uh, yeah. How much it, was it? Yeah. A lot, a lot. It's like four, four stack and work. Okay. Yeah. And now like I lost like the half, maybe more. So, but it's anyway good, good for me kind of uh, from tax perspective. So I can declare it as loss. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I have to pay less, uh, less taxes here in Germany. Um, yeah, but. In general, I didn't listen in, in NFTs or something. It was kind of interesting uh, from one side, but from the other side, I, I didn't see any value in that. In the future, potentially, we will see NFTs where you have also real world assets behind that. This makes sense. For example, you can buy an apartment or a piece of the apartment, or you can invest also in, on, in a luxury car, actually, and benefits from the uh, price growing, discounts uh, of uh, NFTs make sense, but like just picture JPEGs, I don't see kind of future values when you don't have any benefits from it. For example, if I mm -hmm. would have born board ape and would get access to a, to a cool party with some celebrities, I can meet maybe a, a Mayweather, a, a Conor McGregor, or maybe, a, I don't know, Snoop Dogg or something mm -hmm. that would make, maybe make sense to have such a such a nft or i can go to f1 and kind of mm -hmm. go to a vip area and speak to uh, Schumacher yeah there's some, some practical some, use case yeah. i want to ask you about one end so you started this project that you are not ceo of but you are the co-founder of the protocol one inch is as my understanding you're aggregating smaller liquidity pools and allowing people to gain better price transparency and pay less in transaction fees through doing that. Can you explain, and then also tell me where you guys are in terms of 
like I have down in the notes here, raised 175 million to Series B with 2.25 billion valuation. That may have been dated. What is it? What is it that One Inch is doing? And then how? Where? How was the size of the protocol today? So first of all, maybe it's important. Uh, how did you start with that? I not on back in 2018, 2019. We were touring around the globe. But fitting on uh, different uh, blockchain hackathons, if you know, global hackathons, I guess like we participated in 17 hackathons around the globe. Uh, I was New York, Denver, Boston, South Africa, India, Berlin, Stuttgart, here from, we won a prize from Daimler for a smart mobility car, which you could rent with any crypto. And we, we collected a, of, of, a lot of experience. And one of the hackathons in New York, we were like thinking, what, what should we build on this hackathon? Normally we just came to the idea on the hackathon, just on the hackathon. We were like speaking with a couple of people in New York. I was speaking with Vitalik, with Hayden from Uniswap. And yeah, we came to the idea to build something where you can find the best execution for trades, for, for swaps. Actually, Anton had the pain that she was all the time jumping between DEXs and try to find the best rate because liquidity, like, was not the same on all the uh, protocols. And nowadays we have um, kind of a lot, a lot of protocols and a lot of liquidity distributed among them. So, and she wanted actually a kind of a page where you see all the liquidity source and you select one. And I suggested to him, maybe it makes sense to, to, to write an algorithm, which finds the best distribution among them by taking into account all the gas costs, codes, and whatever else, like liquidity and, and, and so on. And he left like for a couple of hours and come back with the algorithm. He didn't sleep like two nights from Friday evening to uh, Sunday morning, uh, Saturday morning. And uh, um, yeah, we we have built something that changed the DeFi, the decentralized finance. Actually, when we have built it, no one was talking about DeFi. People were like talking about DEXs, like Uniswap. But yeah, in the end, we, we, we built something with solved problem yeah, and offered the best execution among decentralized exchanges. Nowadays, we um, aggregate not just decentralized exchanges, we aggregate also other protocols like Aave, for example. You can easily jump into Aave yeah, by just doing swap. For example, you have Ethereum, you would like to jump in uh, Aave USDC. Uh, lightning pool, you can just do it with one, one trade. And at the beginning, we just split it among protocols for the same trading pair. Nowadays, we have like, I invented this one um, kind of pathfinder, we call it. Uh, it finds a way from one token to another token by using multiple markets. So it can mm -hmm. use in between Bitcoin market, UCT, USDC, DAI market, what is liquid yeah, on the market. So by this approach, yeah, we kind of achieve right now the best execution also in terms of gas execution gas costs uh, we are also better than uniswap itself because we have very very optimized router actually they can just copy our implementation and use for their own router but they don't do that we, uh, we use mit licenses for fully open source but they need to take care about copyright as well i guess that's why they don't, don't use it uh, but anyway uh, we have a special implementation also for multiple hops multiple trades uh, splits between the protocols on each of these uh, hops and uh, just kind of the best execution right now on uh, on the market 
And a couple of days ago, we released the V5, which is ten, at least 10% is more efficient than everything else on the market. Yeah, just as how we started and what we have built, we saw a huge problem with that. This was kind of our first protocol and we introduced uh, more protocols. We have a liquidity protocol, similar like automated market maker, similar to Uniswap V2, but with additional features like sandwich attack protection, front, front running protection. And by using virtual balances, we have our limit order protocol, which overtook Xerox uh, recently uh, on the market market share. And we have our governance, we have our token for 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 um, governing the multi-sig DAO, what, what we have mm -hmm. right now. So this uh, also kind of revenue stream for of the of the protocols we call it uh, espresso plus it's it's like a dust what's happening when people's exchange and in the in the processing time the transaction time the price can little bit jump yeah. if it's jumps and the protocol gets more than expected this little bit dust goes to the dollar and on billions of dollars uh, sometimes uh, a day a volume we collect good amount of dust which goes directly to the dollar and the dollar can decide on a lot of things like, for example, to provide a brand for, for a software development company or team or, or a single person who would build something for, for, for one each network. Um, we have a lot of teams working for, on, on a lot of things. That's kind of, we have our wallet, a non-custodian solution where you have kind of really good UX, UI and a very secured implementation to keep everything safe. Also. There are teams who are like uh, working with the community, also supports. The team is very important. Someone to know what to do, how to exchange, or they don't understand something, they can just chat with mm -hmm. the uh, community support sure. team. It's it's really cool to see people joining around the globe to to, to the one inch network. We have already around one hundred thirty people, also from US, from Europe, from from Dubai, from Cyprus. In Ukraine, we have two guys working right now. Unfortunately, they cannot, they, they cannot leave because of the war. The country, and yeah, we try to support them as, as much as we can. Yeah, this is kind of one inch network that we have mm -hmm. to build. And we, yes, we, we have, we raised multiple times. We have great bakers. There's no one who has a huge part of the one inch network. This is very important because of the decentralization to keep it very decentralized. There's no one who can decide everything. It's very good distributed among uh, bakers and also community. There are like 100,000 wallets who who have right now one-ish tokens on the wallet. Uh, actually, there are more because a lot of people are in centralized exchanges. Unfortunately, we have seen like these problems last days with FTX. Yeah, this is kind of very, very, uh, yeah, kind of from a side bad things, but also from other side kind of good things, but that people get get it that makes no sense just trust someone don't trust yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah, yeah. Use, use something so, yeah before we jump into that because mm -hmm. we, we could certainly talk about that so one inch if i were to distill it down it's price transparency and reduced transaction fees and then making it easier to use yeah this and, very important thing is you, you don't have to trust us you don't do any deposits to to the to the protocol or to kind of a centralized entity uh, the trade is executed by the by the user itself. Uh, they get trusted permission how to exchange one asset against another for mm -hmm. which rate, and the protocol ensures that the user gets what they expect. 
Uh, if they get less, the transaction reverts. So everything is safe. You don't have to trust anyone, just you can read the code. It's very good audited by consensus, by OpenZeppelin, by a lot of companies. We have like, I guess, on the last version, more than 10 audits, security audits. So it's, it's decentralized. It's, decentralized it's, price transparency, it's, inexpensive. Permissionless, trustless, decentralized protocol for best execution, execution of swaps among a lot of liquid sources, not just decentralized exchanges, but mm -hmm. so. Market makers who are integrated, Got it. they're using RFQ protocol, what's also invented by my co-founder. Yeah, just just the future of finances. Don't trust anyone. You don't have to to deposit to the bank or to to a broker right. something. And yeah. so, alternatives to this would be if you look at like your direct competitors, would that be who 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 comes to mind as like other large? Would it be I don't know, like who, who comes to mind when you think of competing protocols? So I don't, I wouldn't say com, com, competitors. We are we are coming from hackathon. So every hackathon means uh, you you kind of compete against other hackers or programmers mm -hmm. yeah, to to build something. And uh, maybe you will you will win. Maybe not. And this is uh, in in our space. This is like building on future finance together. How I see it, of course. I and Andon we invented the aggregation among distress exchanges and sources, refuge sources, people started to try to build that, what, what, what we have invented, tried multiple approaches, similar approaches as we did, but it's good. It's good to see people working in the same space, also onboarding new people. Mm -hmm. Every, everyone who's in this space, they try to onboard new people to, to, to try to move people from centralized exchanges, like right, Coinbase. Right, right. But assume, assume, others, assume people uh, are in DeFi. So similar type protocols. I embrace the word competitor. I look at it as a great thing. If you don't have competitors, you're not doing anything valuable because ultimately wherever there's value, yeah. there should be multiple people creating services. So is it like, like Ave would be like, if I'm, if I'm a user that wants to trade coins, I'm probably comparing multiple protocols. If I'm comparing one inch, I'm probably comparing to Ave and compound like the, i would imagine it consolidates around two three four maybe five options is that about right yes yeah we have uh players like zero x first zero x started mm. with this realized order books kind of limit order protocol and then they came to the idea wow shargon and on invented something and they started to 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 build the same yeah mm -hmm. because tapi was the same like from the interface yeah the thing is, we are kind of hackathon guys who are very fast and very, very motivated. I guess the first one of years, I didn't sleep at all, like three, four hours a day, a lot more. And there are also others, some, like for example, Paraswap guys, they started also to copy Austin interface as well. The Kyber network, the Kyber network was kind of also aggregator, I would say, in the early days. They helped us a lot. Mm -hmm. On the hackathons, we, we integrated them and they gave us sometimes bounties. Got it. Now this, actually, they, 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 they copy all our UI. That's funny to see. Good. Uh, we, we, are, we are friends with, we, we are friends with them. I, 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 I see it like it's a pleasure when I came to, to, to the idea and come go to my team and say, say like, guys, why, why we're not building like such an interface? Yeah. We've charged and, and the swap interface next year and, and the list of the liquidity sources, I guess this idea came from Anton as well. And, and someone integrated and built the same, it looked like the same. And that means it works. First of all, it's useful and other mm -hmm. people try to do the same. And it's like pleasure for us.
And so how is it structured? So you have the protocol, which is decentralized. There's a token in which people can cast votes for different features and changes to the protocol. I would imagine you have a private C-Corp or LLC established in some country, and that was the vehicle that you used to raise $175 million. Or can you explain a little bit more about how the funding flows in the general corporate structure? Yes. So how you said you need a vehicle to work in the real world. Nowadays you can race with DAO, but back into the days, no one knew how to do it properly. Yeah. We have a limited on British Virgin Islands. There's kind of a huge structure around that. There are directors, there are employees, some employees. But most of the um, people are kind of freelancers, corporate mm-hmm. builders. They're all around the globe and some of them are working directly with the foundation, which is completely independent. They, uh, we, we found some guys who, who, who wanted to, to help and to, to push this idea forward. They created foundation. It's completely independent from me and Anton. We are not controlling it. The goal of the foundation is just to, 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 to grow the network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some one-ish tokens, uh, we as uh, limited to good also have from the foundation, some one-ish tokens, I as a core contributor, Anton and some, well, and the other people who before the token launch contributed to the network, got also a lot of kind of tokens to, mm-hmm. to work, to, to be able to work on that. And also a huge amount went to, to the community as well for those people who supported the protocol, who used this, so we had kind of. This initial token distribution by the foundation, similar to Uniswap, actually, kind of this approach was very successful, very kind of permissionless and decentralized. So it was also taken for this. Yeah. And the, um, this, the raising of the money was actually difficult for us because I and Anton, we, we were just normal programmers, like software mm-hmm. engineers, software architects. I had. More business experience because I have built my first aggregator for telecommunication back in 2011 already. Had some customers and apparel I was working on uh, startups, consulting companies uh, mm-hmm. for, for example, three years, one half years as external consultant and one half years internal. We, we learned a lot of uh, things and it's uh, when, when jumping from one startup to another. Yeah. This was, yeah. And, 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 the, and the raising itself, like it was difficult for us. We, we didn't know how to do that. I had mm-hmm. no idea. I, I didn't, didn't yeah. read any books because I had no time for that. We were like working on the normal jobs. The nights we were just working for this project mm-hmm. for one inch, like for free. Right. Uh, we didn't earn anything, any penny in, in the first one and a half years. And yeah. And then we raised after 100 pitches, I would say. I did like 100 pitches. And- if you own crypto and leave it on the exchange where you bought it, like Coinbase, that is a mistake. We've heard the news lately. Exchanges closed, accounts frozen. We're learning the hard way that crypto on exchanges is not really in your control. So what can you do about it? Well, you can get a crypto wallet and control the crypto yourself. And that's why today's show is sponsored by ZenGo. These guys realize that storing Bitcoin and storing crypto yourself can be difficult. It's risky to keep private keys. They realized this and said there's got to be a better way. So they created a crypto wallet that is fully recoverable. So say goodbye to lost Bitcoins. And the security of this wallet is incredible. It's a hacker's worst nightmare. They use a three-factor authentication, including 3D biometrics, so no one can access your wallet except for you. And Zengo realizes that at different levels of the crypto journey, you have different needs. So they offer 27 support and have real people that are 
available to contact directly within the app. They have a bunch of different coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tezos, and more, and they have all sorts of NFTs available as well. So now for the first time, you can keep your crypto safe with the same tools that the big guys have used for years. Download Zengo, that's Z-E-N-G-O, and use code ATC to get $20 back on your first purchase of $200 or more. That's $20 back for your first purchase of $200 or more. Use code ATC and check out Zengo. And one, how were you pitching? Was, was the basic pitch like, hey, invest money, buy our tokens at a discount no. before we ICO? Like, how, how did the capital no. formation no. work? No, no, we, we never did an ICO or we never sold to, uh, to, to, to any retail customer. We were looking for value add investors. So there were a lot of people who, who offered a lot of money, but it was never about the money. So, and in the first round, we collected like 2 million something. And it was about to have really good distribution among, among bakers and also to get those those investors who help us. So who expand our network, who helps with hiring. At the beginning, we had the luck that we had really great network through traveling through multiple countries and hackathons. We have already built good developer network and we could hire directly uh -huh. good people. So just so, I, just so I'm on the same page. So investors put in dollars and they get back tokens from the protocol or they put in dollars and they get back equity in the company. Uh, they got so we never we never sold equity because we have never seen uh, value in equity. Now uh, this I I, I I see it a little bit different. I can explain a little, little bit later about that. But yeah, we we sold part of the tokens which we got from the foundation. Got it. But yeah, in the in, in all three rounds. So seed rounds after I guess two months we raised the, the uh, second round, Series A. We call it Series A, but at the end it's mm -hmm. like just selling tokens for a specific price. And then uh, the third round, the last round was really big. Um, we got really, really good investors, kind of backers uh, additionally. So for example, I I asked for the Wolf of the Wall Street. I wanted to speak with them because she, she's a really good teacher, kind of she is do motivation talks and, and uh, explain how to sell and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering to, to speak with them. I wrote shortly to my, to, to, to our backers and they came like a week later with this guy. We had a call with the Wolf Wall Street. It was, was really a pleasure to, to meet them. Uh, it was mm -hmm. really kind of cool. It just, just what means that, that you have value add investors. If you need mm -hmm. something, yeah. you, you get it. If you need introduction to, I don't know, to, to stick your break, you, you can get it by, by having the, the right, right investors. And so the pitch was, hey, raise, it was a total of $175. Obviously that was traded in the token. So I imagine that has fluctuated as related to the USD, but the money went from investor into the foundation exchange for tokens immediately and held in tokens in the foundation subject yeah, to the price so, volatility. So it's not true for foundation. No, foundation is completely independent. Foundation is non-profit. Okay. Uh, you, in, in the limit that we, you go. Got it. Okay. So directly US into the. So you, you said basically we'll sell you tokens at a discount if you buy them and we're in, in the purpose of the in, round. In the last round, yes. In the last mm -hmm. round, yes. So we mm -hmm. had a good amount of uh, tokens in the, uh, in the limited and. Yeah. Got it. We, we had to something to sell, you know, like. Yeah. I just yeah. want to do investors and uh, you, you, you need, you need just to sell something. 
and equity was uh, not far enough. It's still not far enough, but I'm looking forward to so maybe to raise token and equity. We have still a good amount of uh, tokens, which could be distributed among new backers. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense from our point of view to sell maybe four, because we are far enough where we have kind of enterprise services already. We have APIs, which we can sell mm-hmm. and we are building right now institutional products as well. So based on the DeFi community technology of one each network, we are going to start the institutional product. Of course, right now it's not the best situation, I would say, after this terrible, terrible weeks, I would say a lot of people lost trust in, in blockchain mm-hmm. and cryptocurrencies, also from institutional point of view. But I'm pretty sure in the next years, we, with this great technology, we can achieve really gadget good, good goals. And so investors would put in dollars into the protocol and they would get discounted tokens. You raised roughly 175 million total over that multiple process called series A, series B, and you're maybe thinking about a future one, but did not sell equity in the BVI business as that business is not really aimed to increase value. It's all about what you think about is growing the value of the protocol. And I would imagine that's the incentive of the foundation. That's your incentive. And so allocating tokens is going to be something that would need to have been approved by the foundation. And then you allocate tokens, say, we're going to, we're going to mince a million tokens, and we're going to sell those for a total of 175 and there's a 20% discount, and we're going to go around and pitch investors. That's, I just want to make sure I understand basic, like the basic capital formation structure, and then we can... Yeah, this, is, this was kind of not the same, but kind of mm-hmm. this direction for the, for the last round. First, first, first and second round was just simple. Guys, mm. we... We are building the future of finances. We with two and a half men, we protocol which had millions of volume a day with no capital. Mm-hmm. We didn't invest any penny, not, not in marketing, not in anything else. Anton was very successful with his memes on Twitter. Uh, it was, <laughs> oh, yeah? if you, if you go back in the history, yeah. And if you go in, back in, in Twitter, you will see a lot of memes about our achievements, our, about our features, which we, which we released. And it's, it's the community who helped us uh, to, to, to build this product. And yeah, and based on, on what we achieved, we didn't promise, you know, anything kind of that we are not gonna, what, what we were not, we were able to build. We, we showed, we proved that we were able to build something like this with daily volume of millions of dollars. And with just two and a half men, with no capital, no yeah, resources. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now this we are 130 people, and have a lot of kind of protocols, products, and expanding and building for yeah, more. Okay, got it. And then do you do you think the capital formation process sounds like it was a little frustrating, maybe a little confusing for you? Do you think it's in the end stage? Like, if you were to start a new protocol today, brand new, do you go and? set up a BVI LLC or an unlimited and then ha- hire people through that entity to then build a decentralized protocol with a foundation, go out and raise money, allocating new tokens at a discount in the protocol? Or do you think, does that model shift away? And do we move towards something that's more, I don't know, efficient, effective, legal? 
Yeah, just difficult in the traditional world. It's difficult to work with the DAO. It's right, organization. right. Um, I guess in US it's already possible in some states, right? Something like yeah, that. Wyoming, I, I, yeah, Wyoming, yeah, they have they recognize it. And it does seem, it's so important. And I think it doesn't get talked about enough. It's like how you capitalize the project matters so much. So I think it's possible nowadays to work through the DAO, to collect mm -hmm. some investments through a DAO, but it makes everything slow. Mm -hmm. So if you have a DAO, you need kind of process to protect you from abuse, manipulations, or draining the, the multisig. Yeah, it's happened with one DAO, I guess. That just knows his multisig like we have. And someone created a transaction and drained the whole multisig because no one was caring about uh, the transactions in the DAO. So, yeah. Um, just Wait, where did that happen? Can, I guess it was like half a year ago. Somewhere I have some other some protocol. Data. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some, some other DAO. Um, See, this is the thing. This, this is, is like, this, that, that, just here, the one, not to interrupt you, but it's like, yeah, if you rely on other people to store your funds, like in CFI with FTX, very easy to understand how people can steal your crypto. However, when people say, oh, it's trustless, it's, it's decentralized, it's permissionless, and then there's hacks on bridges, it's like, oh, well, now what, what can I trust? Because it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, if it's decentralized and, we, and it's still getting hacked, then I don't know. It's hard to evaluate. Yeah. Math contracts are written by, by humans, you know, and mm -hmm. make, make mistakes. That's why we have a lot of security audits uh, in our smart contracts. And we try to keep uh, all the implementations really highly efficient with small mm -hmm. tools. That helps, yeah, but still it can happen, yeah, that someone just do a mistake or maybe the, the, the blockchain itself can change the, the approach and maybe mm -hmm. it's possible to use maybe kind of a bug in, 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 in Solidity or in, in, in the, in the flow of how it works. Right. So reentrancy attacks, for example, no one was thinking about them before it started to be, to, to, to become popular or also, uh, flash loan attacks. So actually I and Anton, we came with the flash loan idea and Paris back 2019 to our, to Stani, and we gave them a piece of code of the flash loans and suggested them to implement in the, in the, in the, um, I guess they had if land or something. Who is this? Black, you're saying flash loans? Flash loans, yeah. Okay. And this is his first. So actually, what is we, that? We, we give uh, flash loans. Uh, flash loans are kind of, you, you can you can borrow money from, from other products, for example. If they have like 500 billion of USDC, you can just borrow it. Do something with it. And in the same transaction, you through, through your smart contract, you come back and give it back for free. So actually in our small, small fee, really small, small fee, uh, that means you can use this huge amount of money to drain another protocol. It happens multiple times. Oh, wow. Actually, and I feel we, I and Andon, we're in charge of, of, of all these hacks because we suggested our to integrate flash loans. Unfortunately, yeah, kind of people start using it to drain other protocols, but it's a cool, cool thing. With the flash loans, you can create leverage position very nicely in, in landing protocols or short positions. Yeah, but it was kind of misused hmm. at the end. That's interesting. So let's let's buzz up to SBF. So how does how has the collapse of FTX affected you and maybe affected one inch more broadly? 
And yeah, I'm curious to hear your, your story on it. Yeah. Yeah. We lost like 80K on FTX mm-hmm. from Limited. We had some small amount of money there. And yeah, and actually we got huge amount of volume these days. We had two and a half billions of dollar volume a day when it's happened because people started to, to move to DeFi, to own uh, to wallets and started to to hedge positions, decentralized actually, implementations, and decks, like uh, mm-hmm. aggregators. So yeah, actually we, we got kind of future volume because of these crazy things, what happens with FTX. And yeah, and that's it. Actually, mm-hmm. we have, or we, we are trustless, permissionless and decentralized, and we don't care about such situations in terms of, we don't have any positions of, of people, they don't give us money to, to, to to, to, to trade with it or something mm-hmm. like that. It's fully permissionless. You, you have your tokens on your wallet and when you trade, you execute by yourself and the protocol just ensures that you, ex- that mm-hmm. you get this specific amount you, uh, you accept. I mean, so in many ways, I would imagine that DeFi founders are sitting around thinking, I told you so, thinking, hey, you know, come check us out. Do you think the, the market accelerates towards DeFi protocol trading faster? I mean, maybe this is obvious, but are people moving away from all the centralized exchanges for good? Like, how do you make sense of the the transition? Or are people just so scared of crypto as a whole? And maybe it's a demographic split. It's people who are comfortable enough with it versus people who just are in there to get gains and hold old versus... I, I think people will forget this case, uh, like they forgot it with empty Gox mm-hmm. cases and other. This this um, one case, which I have seen on Netflix uh, movie uh, in Canada, this guy which died and uh, and the uh, the company didn't the company lost access to the to the wallets because mm-hmm. one CEO just died in India somewhere. Wait, are you saying di- he end. died? The guy died? He died, yeah. Oh, she, okay. she di- they died and, and, and the keys were lost after yeah. that. But at the end, they found out that actually this guy just used the user funds to to, to have a nice life, similar to FTX. Yeah. Sam borrowed from FTX and, and lost somewhere by, by, by trading nine billions of dollars. It's insane, yeah. But... Such cases, people forget very fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also with empty Gox, they forget it. And again, they, tr- they, they start to trust centralized entities. And I don't think so. That's It's kind of a huge problem. I guess a regulator will come and regulate more mm-hmm. with Binance and who's left. And they will try, the centralized exchanges will try to get, again, trust of the, of the people. But we have the opportunity to onboard more people right now and uh, try to, to explain and educate people to use own, own keys, own, own yeah. private yeah. wallets and not trust anyone. Yeah, yeah. It seems like that's going to be the, the message is either get on board with DeFi or get out crypto entirely. And I, I like you said, I can't see it swelling up to zero for long. People will eventually come back. It is certainly a progressive technology. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's of course what happened. It's it, it's damaging mm-hmm. the, the the blockchain environment, DeFi environment as well. 
because a lot of people lost a lot of money. A lot of companies have to close and will close as a kind of die after after this was happened uh, because X had a lot of relations to a lot of companies. How also, early Alameda are we in that? Again? How early are we in that? Do you think we're in like, you know, the first inning? Like, is there going to be a hundred more companies closed down or like two or three? It's it's just started. It's just yeah. started. And a lot of companies, they will run off, uh, out of money very soon. Alameda Research actually invested also in one inch. And they had only small, small amount. And actually what happened, the hacker who got, got access to to the wallets of FTX, they, they sold all FTX on the wallet. And how I have seen it's a part of uh, of the tokens what Alameda got. We were already sell, sold on the market. So they actually dumped already. Yeah, just so that huh. this, it just didn't affect the price itself. And we, we, we from our side, we, we don't really care about the price itself because we take care about this technology and what we, what we are building. And Can you say that again? So, was there a hack involved in FTX or was it just purely a collapse of the price? Yeah. Yeah, the the thing is, a hacker got access to FTX wallets. The hacker started to sell it. I guess they they, they tried to sell through One Inch, and they got blocked because One Inch Foundation, who who provide the the app, the access to the One Inch network, it's like a client, right? The the, the app. It's just a web kind of web browser website. Yeah, it's served by the foundation, and the foundation also works very closely with kind of compliance team. This additional team could take care about if a hat, hack happening, uh, they tried to block the hackers and, and this guy was blocked and they started to use other protocols. I guess they use CowSwap. Uh, it's also kind of aggregator of aggregators. They, mm-hmm. they actually under the hood use also one inch protocols as well. So um, yeah, and this second started to sell a lot of tokens, different tokens what they had, and also one inch tokens. And they sold like 17 minutes of one inch tokens in one, in one single transaction. Yeah. Yeah. We had luck that it was covered kind of by the, by the good amount of liquidity and distress exchanges. Yeah. But this is how it is. Yeah. Wait, wait. Um, so just, let me make sure I understand this. So you're saying that the FTX collapse was in part created by a hack? It was additionally, so the collapse happened uh-huh. and they stopped the withdrawals and the hacker got, somehow got access. It's oh, not very complicated normally. Interesting. If you, if you are kind of a good kind of hacker, you, you do some investigations, you, you check the trash of the, of the victim, you do some social engineering and you're maybe sitting like months in the computers of your victims. And one day you, you have to react and, and do something. And I guess this happens here. Oh. I and then we are also security experts. I was working also at Porsche as security experts. So, and this this guy just reacted. I guess they they, they she was already sitting long long time with FTX. Uh, and what I understood from the last kind of reports that FTX uh, was really bad in terms of uh, building software, which uh, didn't do proper accounting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alameda Research got benefits to not being liquidated and right. stuff, something like that. So, yeah, and security was not the highest level. They, they had passwords and emails or something. Oh boy! And that, yeah. it makes it makes hackers' life easier. And yeah. they just wrecked it, and I guess and started to sell, transfer, and uh, everything. 
Okay, so it sounds like the hackers were, they downloaded some piece of software on the computer that was on the computer for a long time, and then the market crashed, and then they utilized I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Wow. Yeah. yeah. If I would do that, I would do it like that. Yeah, <laughs> making it bad or worse. So there's a lot of varying opinions on SPF right now. How do you view this person individually, and what, what sort of action do you think the community, society should should levy to him. Is, is this on the order of like life in prison, you know, or is this, hey, you're an idiot and made a ton of really bad decisions? I guess what I'm asking is from what, what you know now, how much malice do you think was attributed or was it just purely a combination of important incompetence mistakes? I think Sam is, I'm, I'm, I was speaking with Sam, I guess, two times. Mm-hmm. So I didn't meet them, but what I got is he's uh, very educated. Yeah. So, and based on the reports I have seen the last time, uh, what she did, it was a crime. She just, she she just, she, she knew what he did and she, they, they, they wrote specific software to not being liquidated, you Mm -hmm. know, and other customers were liquidated. Um, and such things, this is crime. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I have still this, this picture where Sam is sitting in front of the U.S. government and, and explaining, we are regulated by this and this and this and this entity, but at the end, we were not regulated from our point of view. They, they wrote a piece of shit of software, which was super manipulated and super in benefit of, of, of his kind of uh, daughter company or kind of... Mm-hmm. Uh, his old company and accounting books were really done very badly based on the last report. And, and this is regulation. I don't think so. This is a good regulation. We had similar case with Wirecard. I don't know if you have heard. No, Wirecard? No. Wirecard, yeah. Wirecard also, we are kind of light on what they do. They, they say there was like, uh, it was like payment provider. They bought a lot of uh, car companies around the globe. And they used these companies. They said like they, they buy it because of licenses to get the right licenses to operate in these countries. But at the end, they washed the money through these companies and extracted the whole money, similar to FTX actually, they, and, and used this money for, for all needs. This, the CEO left Germany. And this, uh, if you go to the airport in Germany, you see his face everywhere. Hmm. They are uh, still searching for, for Yeah, it's an interesting point, right? It's like, how... What goes through your head? What's the calculus on do I run or do I do I fight? And I mean, it seems like SPF is not running, and maybe maybe that's impossible for him. But God, it's got to be right. How many how many crypto people are on the run? It's impossible. Yeah, I guess it's impossible. With enough money, you can do a lot of things. I have seen the crypto queen, the one coin. I don't know if you have heard about them. The brother of the of the of the founder is sitting in the U.S. in prison right now, I know. But she, the founder of this one coin, the crypto queen, so called, is somewhere. Hmm. No one can find her. If enough money, you can I don't know do a lot of things. Some people it's a form of prison. Though. I mean, it is a form yeah. of prison. Like being on the run is like, yeah. I don't know. You you, you can change your you could change your face with enough money. You can change you change your passport. It's, everything's possible. But still, that's not the problem. You know that someone is living and and living somewhere and with a lot of money. The problem is that the regulators claim to regulate, for example, in this in our case, centralized exchanges, but they fail 
Well, I, I have no words to, to explain how, how fail they, they, they are. But obviously Wirecard is this Wirecard case. The BAPIN, the, the German regulator, then normally very strict. And they actually fucked up with the, to, to, to verify that they are processing everything in a compliance manner. Yeah. This is, this is how, this is again about trusting people. Yeah. You know, someone pays someone and they don't check every, every, everything. Corruption is possible when, when you, when you trust people, when you trust code, there's no corruption possible. You know, there's just code which is written in stone on blockchain and you cannot change it. Walmart is helping families access affordable goods and save on what matters most. With Walmart, families can save up to 75% off the cost of branded insulin, which adds up to more than $15 million saved across the country since June 2021. This is just one way Walmart is helping Americans save money on what matters most. Learn more at walmart.com slash better living. That's walmart.com slash better living. Yeah. And do you know off the top of your head how much was lost in the wire card? Scandal? I guess two billions of dollars. Yeah, billions. Oh, God, that's brutal. And I imagine it always falls back on retail investors. Like, that's who ends up losing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The, yeah, this stock just dropped to, yeah. to nothing. Yeah. In, in a couple of hours. That's brutal, man. That's, yeah, that makes it hard to get excited about technologies when you see people. I mean, ultimately, it's people. And I have to believe... Yeah, regulation plays a role. I do tend to be aggressive on the role of regulation. And I do think that there's an underspoken for an underappreciated reactionary defense from the public. Like people are just going to be more critical of the CFI protocols. They're going to be more or CFI businesses. They're going to, and, and like, yeah. that's, that's how it works, right? It's like, okay, if you get hit in the face, you're just going to be more aware. You're going to be better defensively. Our bodies work like that. Like if you get sick, your body is stronger. It has an immune system. So I think relying and saying, oh, it's, or you die. It, it, yeah, or you die. And like, if you die, <laughs> like, li listen, like survival of the fittest, right? Evolution has a theory. And that's if you die, that means yeah. someone else learns from it and is better for it. So yes. the lesson is always encoded. There's always a flip side to it. And that's why I, 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 I tend to think it's like, yeah, regulation maybe could have done better. But on some level, you have to, you can't regulate the unknown. You have to let people try, fail, and then react. I'm not speaking about uh, to to regulate properly. I'm 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 speaking about uh, maybe we should change the view. Maybe mm. this, the, maybe we we need to just allow DeFi to grow and use DeFi technology to have regulation by the whole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you have smart contract and it's used in full information manner. Then you don't have to regulate anyone in terms of this. There's no one depositing money on it. You mm -hmm. know, um, you can. You have to maybe to regulate that it's kind of audited, verified. There's no back backdoors, no bugs, and the the creator or someone else can can just take the money from from, from the people who are using it. Yeah, because they give permission to the smart contracts to transfer the tokens for mm -hmm. the swaps. If it's kind of safe and clear maybe this is the regulation and maybe it's enough yeah because no the, 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 we eliminate distrust and deposits and managing money uh, and it's also less effort for the regulators mm -hmm. yeah, if they keep the regulation more efficient more simple yeah mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, I agree. We'll see what plays out. Boy, fascinating story. And uh, kudos to you guys for being in a great position to you know, effectively benefit from it and offer the the saving grace or the the life raft for people who are trying to get out of CFI and don't, you know, don't want to or don't have trust in those institutions. Sergey, are you actively writing, tweeting, anything you want to throw out personally that you have on the internet? Yeah, I have my Twitter account, uh, D6. So I had the luck to, to, to being verified a long time ago before it was possible to verify for eight bucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was kind of difficult to get the verification. But sometimes I post something, uh, I have not a lot of time to, to write something. I guess last time I, I was shitting on centralized exchanges a little bit and uh, yeah, I kind of wrote that don't trust anyone, just use permissionless, trustless system. DeFi, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, right now it's difficult. I have a little less time. I have to communicate with a lot of people, mm -hmm. workshops, kind of working on new ideas. I've read also code. Mm. Even at this scale, yeah. even with 150 people, you're writing code? Yeah, yeah. So I had a flight from Dubai to Germany and had the idea just mm. from a couple of microservices to um, to to improve also kind of a problem what we have right now in DeFi, sandwich attacks. We have heard, I guess, about that. No. When you swap something on, 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 on Uniswap, for example, someone can take your transaction and swap before you and swap after you and and, and get some benefits. Oh, benefit I see. And uh, there are some solutions to prevent it. So just came to an idea, wrote a prototype, and now sharing it with my, with my guys. Also, yeah, it's not like first time. So the algorithm, the Pathfinder, I came to um, to the solution, initial solution on the couch of my sister. <laughs> <laughs> it's how it happens. One of the best ideas. That in yeah. the shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just so this. Yeah, and I, I like to also to to write some code and not just just to speak with a lot of people. Sometimes I have like the whole day calls, meetings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people want to 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 speak with us as well a lot. Maybe have kind of collaboration. Yeah, ask for investments as well. Yeah, a lot of stuff. A, yeah, a lot of things happening right yeah. now. Well, I appreciate you coming and talking to me. Any particular person? Is there one person, one book, one article, blog article, or blog that you want to throw out as being a point that maybe has been interesting to you or inspiring to you, educational over the last few years? Yeah. Well, inspiring i was i told i was working for porsche mm -hmm. and i like this uh, mentality of, of porsche people also i'm i'm, I'm feeling still i'm porsche honor we call it we call us what's it like this is I, I like this kind of the division what they have they say if you see something if you don't see something what what you're looking for then just build by yourself mm -hmm. It actually was the kind of statement of uh, Ferry Porsche is the son of Ferdinand Porsche who, who created the company. The Ferry Porsche was looking for, for a car. The first Porsche car, what he, he, he built the first Porsche car. It's like, it looked like a spider. So like a cabrio, you know, like before the top. And she was looking for a really nice one, rounded one, you know, and silver one. And she just built by herself. And every, everyone was wondering, what is this? And she said, like, I didn't find the, 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 the car I wanted. I just pulled it by myself. It, it's actually the, the same with one issue. We didn't find the aggregator. We just pulled it by ourselves. Yeah. So, and I would also suggest to everyone, if you don't find something, just pull it. Yeah. Try, try to build. Yeah. It's possible. And one more guy is Bruce no, Lanich. The one inch punch, right? 
Yeah, we called one inch because of one inch punch. Everything what Bruce Lee did was highly efficient. He 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 uh, trained that hard to to be more and more efficient. And I do also my mixed martial arts my almost my whole life. Oh, what do you what do you train in? Sometimes I started with uh, karate, uh-huh. Tokan karate until second brown belt, like five years I spent with it. Then Muay Thai. Then I switched to. Um, I mixed martial arts and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. And now I do more Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu than everything else. Um, yeah, because sometimes, you know, like when you do sparring, like Muay Thai, you get some some punches on the mm-hmm. head. And I had the pro- I have the problem sometimes. I don't see on the left side anything <laughs> when I get some punches. Yeah. That's why I, I, I remember me uh, every time when I have this case that maybe BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is, is better. It's like Judo. I know. I, I train five days uh, a week. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Which belt? I'm a blue belt. So oh, I've been really doing it for three years. I have, I have, I, st- I didn't train like five years. I did like one half, two years st- until blue belt with two stripes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I didn't train five years and I came back this February. And yeah, I, I didn't train again for three, two, two months, I guess. Mm-hmm. Didn't train. I need to come again. It's, a little bit problematic about the time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things happening and I need to be everywhere. Uh, but yeah, I, I will go again. Nice. I'll hold you to um, it. I'll be your, uh, I would love to, 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 to have a role with you. Maybe you can come to Dubai. Dude, I, I'm down. I would love to. Yeah. Let's yeah, hook it fun. up. All right, man. Well, let's stay in touch. Thanks so much, Sergey. It was awesome chatting with you, chatting with you, and congrats on all the progress. It's a pleasure, you yeah, thank you very much for inviting. Thank you for listening to Around the Coin. If you enjoyed the show today, consider giving us a quick review wherever you listen to podcasts, tweet about it, or text it to a friend. We really appreciate all the support and growing that we can. If you have any guests you'd like us to bring on or feedback for us, don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.